Hi, I'm Willie Brown, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to win Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of your East Fife and Scottish Football podcast, Glory Days of Gold. I'm your host, Lee Gillis, and we've got a, couple, a new face with us tonight and a regular grumpy old one, but I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Andrew Warrender. Yes, so welcome, Andrew, to your first ever episode of Glory Days of Gold. Um, Pretty much had to scrape the barrel, mate, to be honest, to get you on, but um, all joking aside, um, I know that you're a coach with a community football club, but aside of that, do you want to give us a bit about your background in East Fife? Yeah, sure. So firstly, thanks very much for having me on tonight, Lee, and you're absolutely correct. The dregs of the barrel have been well and truly scraped. So um, as I say, thank you very much for having me on. Um, From an East Fife point of view, um, for myself, I guess probably fair to say lifelong East Fife fan, Started going to the old Bayview with my dad, um, Gavin Murray era, when I was just a wee boy. From there, I've, I've been a regular on and off. Um, sadly, not been able to go quite as much as I would like over the last few years, but now starting to get back into, into going along, um, thoroughly enjoying it. Um, in terms of coaching, as you say, I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed coaching with the East Fife 2014s through the East Fife Community Football Club side of things. And I've also played with the East Fife over 35, along with Doug, in the past. Um, so, yeah, big East Fife fan and delighted to be here, so thank you. Good. Since we've last been on, boys, we've got a lot to talk about, but before we jump in, let's have a word from this week's sponsor. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to the Community Football Club, of course, and to Maze Mortgages. Make sure that you give Paul and the team at Maze Mortgages a shout if you're looking to remortgage or for any of your other mortgage needs, you'll find them on Facebook. Um, and if not, just shout really loud in your garden and leave mouth area and Paul might hear you. So... I suppose like one of the big thing, pieces of news I've got is obviously the 
the new role that I'm in with, with the club in terms of the, the commercial management role alongside um, Scott Young and CEO Doug Perryfan. Um, of course, he's managed to re- finally remove himself from Doug's garden and, and start putting himself to, to some work. But um, we've made a, a pretty decent start so far. We've, we've managed to recruit some some new partnership into the, the club and some decent money coming in, which is pretty much what everybody wants to hear. Um, but I suppose just to, to give you a bit, a bit of background, um, I, 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 you guys or the listeners may not know, but I mean, I've been in sales now for, you know, 15 years, something ridiculous like that. That makes me feel really old to say, or maybe just, just shy of that because I think I was 17. So a long time anyway. Um, and Scott obviously has worked in, in recruitment for years and has got lots of, lots of contacts in, in the business world. So some of the sponsors that you've seen come on board is, is not even half um, of, of what we've got signed up already. We've got lots of new and exciting partners to, to be announced in the coming weeks. So make sure you keep your eye on social media. And of course, if, if, you, if you know anybody self-employed or anybody that um, works with somebody that's got lots of money that'd be interested in investing in, in East Five, please do send them our way. You'll be able to find my details on social media at lady1903 or pop me a message on Facebook if you would like and um, or we've got our own email address now commercial at eastfifefc.info if you know anyone or yourself interested in investing perhaps getting a board or some hospitality or sponsoring the stadium or the training kit or the stairs or any other things that we're going to try and sell to the people along the way but I suppose We'll talk about the, the actual interesting stuff now, and that's the football, but maybe interesting in the, the right word. Doug, um, current form is, hasn't been great. Um, since we've last been on, we um, managed to, to get a draw at, at Annan, which I don't think you guys were at, but having been there, I could I could testify that it, it wasn't good viewing. Um, and then Stenhouse Muir, which I know that you were at, Doug, equally wasn't good viewing. And, and it seemed... Some people shouting for, for Stevie Crawford's head and ultimately they got what they wanted and the fact that it was Crawford gone, but maybe not many people expect them to go and be assistant manager at a Premier League club. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty interesting turn of events. It all happened quite quickly, didn't it? It was like, you know, Liam Fox is getting the job. I think most people were like, and who be that now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, I suppose I, I get it from Crawford's point of view in terms of going back full time. Um, you know, coaching with that, but it was certainly a a bit of a surprise. But I, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the uh, not bothered shoe, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm I've become a wee bit disillusioned with what Crawford's tactics were and consistency of tactics and and whatnot. So I'm I'm not too unhappy, but obviously it'll depend a lot on on what's coming forward. Going with the games that that, that recently. I just think it sums up the league. I mean, we're, you know, every game's very, very close. You know, there's very few, there there almost feels like there are no Diddy teams this year. So everyone's kind of beating everyone else. So it's, uh, yeah, I think we'll get that. We, we've discussed it before. With the age of team we've got, I think we'll get that a lot. We'll get mass inconsistency. But hopefully, whoever the new guy is that comes on board can get a real tune at them because there's a lot of good players in there. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we will... Uh, We'll get a slight improvement coming up. Andrew, I mean, from some of the games that you have seen this year and the tactics, etc., under under Crawford, or maybe even the style of play, like 
what's been your thoughts as, as a coach yourself now, whether it's at any level, I'm sure you'll still have your opinions having all those badges now and not just the ones that you got when you completed your swimming ones. What What's your general thoughts on the, the style of play or, or, or how you've seen East Fife this season and, and, and what would you have done different? Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, when, when Crawford got the, the job again, I was actually quite pleased, in all honesty, because I remember... Um, Doug and I used to go to the games, obviously, when Crawford was there the first time. And the, the football was unbelievable. It was almost a bit naive in terms of being unbelievable. And it was so gung-ho, but the entertainment was absolutely tremendous. And there was points where you're coming away having lost 4-3, 5-4, whatever it may be. Um, you loved the game and it was brilliant, but ultimately you lost it. But in terms of the standard of play, it was, it was tremendous and too open. I think... For that reason, I was, you know, I was absolutely delighted to an extent that he came back. I thought he did quite well um, in terms of his time at Dunfermline. Quite decent noises coming out from their fans, um, and then it's almost like it got completely flipped on its head. It's like he sat down and evaluated and thought, right, what were my failings or where did we go wrong the last time? Actually, I was, I was too gung ho, and I think he's just sat back and been too defensive. Now, I get the fact that when you've got quite a young team, you've kind of got to protect them to an extent and you don't want to open up and, and let that inexperience tell and, and be overrun. But I think the games that, that we have lost this season, that, certainly that I've seen, it's it's been a case that we've almost been bullied off the park. Um, it's just there's a huge physical presence in a lot of the teams. If you look at the likes of the, the Bonnie Rick game, um, from what I could see in terms of the highlights in the Stenhouse Weir game, it's a physical difference and I think that our players are probably very, very good technical players but in terms of League 2 in Scotland route being totally brutal, it's, it's quite turgid <laughs> for want of a better word, it's very physical and I think we need players in there with a bit a bit more physicality. Um, I mean, experience is experience. I mean, if you look at the starting lineup from Steny, I know we keep going on about, about experience, but if you look at half that team, Fleming, Murdoch, Mercer, Shepard, Troughton, you can't say they're inexperienced. They're very, very experienced professional football players. I know one of them's a goalkeeper, but um, it's physicality, I think, is the issue. I mean, some of these guys, when you see them, they're, they're just not big. And that's not a criticism of the guys. I mean, they're very good technical footballers, but I think at this level, that's the big difference. Um, and to sum up the Crawford position, I think you'll be you'll probably be hard pushed, and maybe I'm harsh in saying this, but I think you'll probably be quite hard pushed to find an East Fife fan who's actually disappointed he's going. And again, that's nothing against the man. I think he, I think he's a, comes across certainly as a really good guy. Um, but if your manager's leaving as a result of not being sacked, and I think people are, as Doug kind of summed up, that kind of blah, or I don't mind, then I think that kind of tells you exactly where we've been at. Yeah, I mean. I was at Annan, so I, could, I suppose I could speak about that. I mean, we took a pretty decent um, support down to Annan, and we scored literally with the, the first chance that we got. Um, you know, the Shepherd took his, his chance really, really well. And just doing what Scott Shepherd does is gambling on half chances and getting on the end of them. And, you know, I think he was quite fortunate with his finish, but, it, you know, it was, it was good to see that goal go in. And then we get the second one, you know, again, Shepard just pressing that defence um, and pressing them up, forcing them into a mistake and, and getting their own goal. But we just completely capitulated after that. And to be honest, I was very disappointed. Like, I, I've been to every league game so far this year. I've, I've not missed one. The Annan performance was one of the angriest I've, I've left a game because not it wasn't... The fact that, we, like, I was going to say lost because it still feels like a defeat, but 
It was more the manner in which it happened. I mean, Sean, is it Sean Goss, the big striker up front for them? He must have missed. Uh, somebody Goss anyway. Um, Tommy, must have missed. Maybe? Tommy Goss, aye, that's it. Must have missed six, seven chances. I mean, I think the highlights maybe showed you a few of them, but I mean, there's one of the ones he's literally threw a goal and, and I don't know how he puts it wide. Like, I have no idea how he puts it wide. He completely bottled it. Uh, but, you know, the, we, we were just giving them chance after chance. But again, it's that real lack of physicality and, and that that really carried on to Tuesday night. And, and that weather burn was just bodying players. You know, um, he's a really big, experienced player and he, he was just throwing his weight around. Our middle of the park this entire season has been non-existent. Um, and, you know, you've, you've got Kieran Miller there who offers you a wee bit of physicality. Um, but really... We've bypassed that entire midfield this year in terms of our style of play. And I think that that's what's frustrating because, you know, we get the ball, we hoof it up the park, hoping that Shepard flicks it on. We lose possession, the ball comes back, we hoof it up the park again. And if you even think about a lot of the goals that we've scored, has been through that sort of long hoof ball. Goals against Elgin were like that. Goals against um, Annan were, were like that as well. Um you know, we got a penalty against Forfar, which we were lucky with. Um, you know, the the goal against Albion Rovers was a well-worked piece of play down the side that Newton got his head on to. Um, and it's, it's just not been good enough. Um, so, personally, I like Stevie Crawford. I've, I've had the opportunity to speak to him a few times. I think he talks the game really, really well. But am I sad to see him go or not? Um, and, and that's just being honest. I think that if he hadn't gone now, I'm not so sure how long he would have lasted um, because I think that if your football isn't attractive, it has to be effective and it was neither. Um, I think that we were very, very lucky and and, and I, I, this isn't me being pessimistic. I think we've been very lucky this year to get the points we've got for fun. We, we got that penalty I don't really think we deserved much out of the game. I think Doug and I, it was a game we did hospitality and we, we both sort of felt that a draw was probably a fairer result. So he snatched the victory there. Away to Albion Rovers. Albion Rovers were arguably the better side. A draw probably a fair result, but again, we snatched the victory there. Um, Stran Ra, we deserved to lose and we scored to Jack Keeley in the last minute to, to grab a point. Um, Annan should have stuffed us. Um, we managed to snatch a point. Um, so there's only so many times that you can ride that luck. Um, and I think that to have the level, the amount of points that we've got shocked every East Fife fan. Um, you know, I think we all expected us to be languishing towards the bottom, but I think that had we continued under Crawford, I'm, I'm still convinced that there's an every chance that that would have happened. I think, the only, flip, I think the only flip side to that, Lily, is it also shows you've got a young team with a bit of character about them. Yeah. You know, the fact that they're getting these last-minute wins or not playing great and sneaking wins and points. Yeah. I think that's a positive thing. I mean, I, I think for me, going forward, I think there's enough talent there. Like, I, I think there's a lot of good young players there um, yeah. that just need the right guidance. And whether it's... I mean, if you look at our team, we're kind of set up to be attacking because we've got, we've got a bit of pace. We've got a wee bit of flair. I mean, even games like... The Stensmere game is so frustrating because for me, I know you're not necessarily a massive fan, but 
like the only guy that came and wanted to get the ball in midfield was Ferguson. The only, you know, he always wanted to come and get the ball and he's got a bit of skill about him, but he just, Miller's been missing for me for a few games. And I think that's, yeah. although also I will say his red card looked very harsh. Yeah. Like it wasn't a great tackle, but it wasn't over the top of the ball and the ref was right next to it. That, I thought that was a bit harsh. but He was but choking yeah. to get that card out. He had a brutal oh, game. No. My, my, my slight issue, and has been in the games I've seen, was really struggling to get Trouton involved. Really yeah. struggling. I mean, that Stenis Muir game, we know he's a very good player and he looks he looks fit now, but we just yeah. couldn't get him on the ball. And I, I've not seen a game with Trouton involved where I've thought, there, there's the player that we would have all loved to have signed, albeit a few years ago. And I think that's yeah. I think that's an issue because Shepard, again, Shepard for what we were thinking of when we got him, has done really well. And mm-hmm. he really does involve the centre half. He, he gives him a game. He just needs someone there with him to get these knockdowns or whatever it may be. But yeah. I, I do think I do think there's someone there and, and with the right man or someone who's maybe done a lot of good work, but we'll come on to the manager's stuff later. But someone who's done a lot of good work with young players and stuff might be yeah. the shout because I do think there's a basis of something there. Not talking about winning the league, but certainly not being in any trouble. No, Doug, yeah. I would agree. And I, I think that that's where the whole physicality thing comes down. That's where the midfields fall into bits. <laughs> we don't kind of have a ball winner or somebody with a bit of physical presence who can, if you like, in the transitions can take it from back to middle or front or win a battle in there. I mean, if you look at, I know it's quite a while ago now, but if you go back to the Bonnie Rig game, we've got goes 3-0, but that game was never a 3-0 game. That was just a very streetwise, physical, experienced, strong, strong team who've come from yeah. a, a league where they know how to be physical because you have to be physical in order to be successful against yeah. our lads who, if you went man for man, are probably better, more technical and all-round, more creative and, and ultimately better players. But when you have that physicality and I guess if you're more streetwise, if you like, then that's ultimately what's winning out. And and when you think about where we are struggling and the areas that, that are the difference in games, it is that physical element, 100%. And whether that's winning the ball in the middle of the park or breaking things up from a defensive point of view or getting the ball up the pitch and, and, and basically being strong and powerful in the transition to the final third, then that is 100% what we're missing. I think we're a player of two away from being very, very good. I mean, the, if you look at Dumbarton and look at East Fife, I don't think there's a huge difference. What's the big difference between the two teams? The physical nature of Dumbarton, probably over East Fife. Yeah, I think that also goes back to when um, whoever it was talked about us being too nice. Who was that, Lee? It was Stevie Frill. Yeah. In terms of, I think it is true, you don't... Miller's the only one from certainly apart from maybe centre-halves, that you feel is quite enjoys getting stuck in and, you know, Baldy to an extent, but I think he's maybe slightly over the top of that. But I think yeah. I think you need that. There's nobody that looks like they love the, the fight. You totally do. And, and that, but that's got to kind of come from the from a management perspective as well. I mean, it was an interesting comment post-match against Dennis Muir that I heard Crawford say when, and to be fair, I mean, it wasn't moaning, but he called it out. He said, look, Jack Healy had pulled up his man got to the back post and scored. And I think his quote was something along the lines of some teams will put that out for you, some won't. But why should Stenhouse Muir put that out? But that's yeah, that, that annoyed me as well, I must say. If I'm a Stenny fan, I, I'm the one that would put it out. 
they shouldn't put it out. They should keep playing. They did exactly the right it's thing. It's up to and the referee to stop the game. Correct, yeah. 100%. But Crawford is specifically saying some teams will do that, some won't. Um, it didn't, basically, it didn't go for us today. Well, if I'm the manager of these five, I'm saying don't put the ball out there, you keep going. And that is the whole nice point that you're making. What's the one thing you're told from a young play age? The play the whistle. And, and if you don't, then that's up to the players to be switched on tactically enough to go, Jack's down and somebody needs to pick the man up. Um, and and we're not doing that. And, and that's down, in my opinion, lack of leadership on the park. There's nobody there to communicate, right, he's down, cover back post. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. But there's one player that you missed out that, that I feel that has got that bit of dig, and that's Liam Newton. Like, I feel like Liam gives you a bit of that, like, He's not afraid to to get stuck in as well. Like, and while you were saying that, like, obviously I'm not a coach and I don't have any badges apart from like Slimmer of the Week five, five years ago when I went to Slimmer World once. Um, but like, I'm having a look at how I'd like to see the team set up just now, and I still feel that we're very exposed at our fullbacks at the moment, um, time and time and time and time again. Um, I feel that we need a, a left back desperately and then you choose between Murdoch or Mercer. Um, I think Mercer gives you more going forward, but he's at times let us down at the back. Um, I feel like Murdo's having his worst season in his five jersey. That's just being honest. Um, I think he's a great, great player, but he's, you know, the amount of times that I watch him do the right thing and get the tackle and then passing the ball and immediately giving it away in the middle of the park. Um, is happening constantly at the moment. Um, so I feel like actually when you're looking at our two, our centre half pairing, everybody at the start of the year thought that that was going to be an issue. But actually, I feel that we're we're weak um, in in our full backs or our wing backs in whatever position we play. Don't get me wrong. I feel like Aaron and and Sam um, are naive at times and, and they, they allow themselves to be bullied by big, strong centre-forwards. Um, you know, Goss was ragdolling them um, and, and Annan, the guy Magaki did it for, for Bonnie Rig. Um, you know, I think that, that Steele and Denham are, are, are probably two of our standard players this season, but they're being a bit let down by, by their full-backs. But I mean, really, like, if I, was, if, if I was the new manager and I was looking to set up the team I'd probably start with Flem and goals, Murdo, Steele, Denham and Williamson. Um, then I would have in front of those two, Miller and Newton, get the ball, win the ball, pass it to somebody else. Um, I'd have Troughton just in behind the front three, uh, Baldy, Shepard and Healy. Um, I think that Troughton's got the, the football and brain to, to unpick defences. And when you've got the forward-thinking players at Bally, Healy and Shepard, then you've got that that to try and, and drive at the fences. But, I, I mean, what concerns me about Crawford is we are nearly 10 games into the season. Is that right? Eight or nine games or something. He doesn't know his best 11. Didn't know the, the formation that he wanted us to play. We played hoofball. There was no style of play. And... I think that the, the, at the players, there was at one point at the Stenny game, I heard Mercer shouting at Crawford, what are we playing? And but that, like, but wow. that was the thing, that, that, that's what killed me. It was almost like he's gone, right, we need to change formation because we're playing Stenny's Muir. Yeah. 
who gives a shit for playing Stansbury at home? It's a home game against a team roughly yeah. in the same bit of the league as you. Let them worry about us. I mean, he had Jack Healy is basically playing as a wing back. I mean, Healy's problems all game where when he got the ball facing the wrong way, he tried to do something in the wrong area of the pitch and got yeah. beaten. I mean, look, we've been critical of Healy, you know, in terms of an exciting player who's not done much. He is starting to do stuff. He's so on great form. But you've got to play him in an attacking way. He, yep. he shouldn't be having to worry about some guy. I mean, that goal we lost when he was talking about Healy on the ground, it wasn't like there was nobody else there. You know, you still had Mercer, you still had the three centre or whatever three centre hats were played. That goal was so easy. Feminine. Like, so, so easy. And you Feminine. can't pin the blame on the fact that Healy's gone down with cramp. I just, yeah. I, I, again, I mean, I can't remember another game where we've played five at the back. I might, I might be completely wrong, but not in the near, you know, in the recent times, I don't remember us really playing five at the back. I just, then, I just don't get that. I just don't even, get it. Even the Annan game, we were two and a lot. He changed the shape, and we conceded two goals. Um, so there's, there's definitely for me like a lot of issues there, and I'm not sad to see him go based on on those alone. I mean, he, he brings on Liam Newton on Tuesday, and sticks him left wing back. He brings yeah. on Joe Baldy. Sticks him on right wing back um, after Jack goes off. Balde, the first two games, was explosive because he was playing out wide, he was running at defences, and I was like, holy shit, this boy's amazing. And then we drop him into centre mid. And I'm yeah. like, and, me, and that, that's the stuff that fucks me off. Because I'm just me, a bit me like, and Andrew, Me and Andrew have talked about this for years, Lee. Uh, every game we go to, why are our both good? Because yeah. they've got a manager that keeps it simple, it's 4 4 2. And just go and play. I'll put a right back at right back. I'll put a left back at left back. I'll have two wingers and two midfielders. Put yeah. Trout up front with Shepard, and we can play four four two easily in that team. Yeah, just keep it simple. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, you were obviously Anne and Lee, um, and if you're two 0 up and you're changing the shape and basically fanning about with it for the sake of it, with the sounds of it, then that's pretty inexcusable. I mean, you're two 0 up. You see the game out. It's as simple as that. You don't start. And I think. There's a bit of, sometimes a bit of culture, I think, in football that, that coaches or managers, they want to change shape and they want to do things just to be fancy for the sake of it. It seems sometimes, it's not quite rightly says there, what is wrong with keeping it simple? Everybody knows their job. Get on with it and let's do it. Especially at 2-0 up at that stage in a game. You yeah. see it out you, and you just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, unless there's a personnel issue or, or, or something and they've changed and you need to respond to that. But but keep it easy. Keep it simple. And... and, and you should be working on these things and training and when they're going to the pitch they should know exactly what they're doing and, and to, yeah. to mess about with it for the sake of it is just wrong. Yeah, I mean, even some of the other stuff, like, I mean, Aaron Steele's clearly got a good long throw on him, right? But when we don't have anybody that's an aerial threat, they are absolutely pointless, right? They're 100%. completely pointless. Like, and I, I get it when we're trying to be smart with, with quick taking free kicks and and set pieces from that because we don't have anybody to attack them. You know, I, I don't actually mind that as long as it's successful. But, I mean, we're, we're putting in crosses. And literally, we're hoping, in all honesty, that either Shepard, sorry, either Steele or Denham are going to get another end of it. But they won't because they'll be out-muscled by a Nat Weatherburn or a Gregor Buchanan or a Ross McGeever or any of these sort of players that have played the game at a decent level they should be like right okay you're going to get anywhere near that and it's futile but, but anyway the, the only the only person that's going to benefit from a long throw is the guy taking it 
Yeah. Like genuinely, do you know what I mean? If you if you're getting a long throw in the box, who are you trying to find in that East Five team is Aaron yeah. Steele. So yeah. to have him taking the throw in, look, I think long throws like old school, which I don't mind, but it's like uh ten minutes to go and you've got nothing, you you've exhausted all other options, just you know, the old get it in the box thing. Yeah. I've no problem with that, but yeah, I kind of mean, yeah, it's it, it, when there's no physical presence up front or up top to win them, it's pointless, completely pointless. So I suppose the one thing that we, we could try and do is a 3 to one but I've actually decided that I'm not going to do one for Annan or um, for Stenhouse Muir because we played so badly. I would be able to say that Stenhouse Muir, I would give three points to Jack Keeley just for his goal. But aside of that, I would be really struggling to pick a two or a one and I would be doing it for the sake of it. Um, and the Annan game... We were so bad at that as well. I would be struggling for that. So I'm not going to, um, to be honest. I think that it's, we'll just say thanks but no thanks and, and politely move on, I think, because it was uh, it was so poor. Very worth definitely bringing up uh, Healy's goal, because that, yeah. uh, that was probably as good a, a goal I've seen at Bayview for a long time. Yeah, and, and not only that, Doug, but let's actually just talk a bit about Jack Healy, because you, you are right, like... You know, I, I wouldn't say that we've been criticising him, but we've been critiquing off his, his end product. And I mean, I've, I've, I said it on our, our Twitter page that I've had to massively eat humble pie because, I mean, that's what, three goals? I think that he included his one yesterday as well. His goal at Stranraer, he took really, really well. And like you say, in midweek at Stenhouse Muir, definitely up there with one of the best goals I've seen in Bayview. But that's a case of giving a young kid that we know is exciting a run of games from the start. It yeah. makes a huge difference. I mean, that's probably why he got cramp in that stance game, because he's not had... And it's so... I think a lot of the time, the frustrating thing last year was everyone was basing the exciting Jack Healy on little five-minute cameos where he did a couple of stepovers. And, you know, everyone gets very erect with stepovers. But it's like, you know, that... It is that thing of, like, a young, fast, you know, skillful guy who is getting a run of games now and is able to puff his chest out and actually produce some goods. And, yeah. I mean, at the moment, he's he's kind of close to first name in the team sheet at the moment, which is brilliant and good on him because he's yeah. he hasn't had it easy. No, I mean, he's keeping Shivoni out of the team, um, you know, and rightly so. I mean, I would like to see Baldi and Healy start every week just now. Um, young, quick, exciting, creative, you know, I mean, that... Those two for me just now, aside the steel and denim, Fleming, you know, there's there's a few of them that are have to play every week. And and Jack's, it's, it's, you want to know what? It'd be very easy for Jack to throw in the toys at the pram after how much time he was getting under um, Dan and Tony to then Crawford. And like I've said before, I didn't think Crawford fancied him, but he's forced his way back into that setup and, and quite rightly so. So, Huge well done to, to Jack Healy and hopefully he keeps that current form up. I do believe he's just signed to a sports agency though, so there's every chance that he'll will not be seeing him for much longer. But I think he's got another couple of years or a year left on his, his deal. So if we can get some of that sweet Jude Smith money for him, then pretty sure we'll all be pretty happy. But I suppose it's time now, boys, to, to move on to the hot topic. Um, obviously, Stevie Craw um, knows what the fox said and it was to get yourself the fuck up to... 
the Dundee and be my assistant manager and has left us um, obviously in a state of, of, of looking for a new manager yet again and some much needed stability but before we move on to who we would like and what's the situation etc I suppose the first thing I want to talk about is Greg McDonald because I actually feel really sorry for him and um, his passion on a Saturday there to see you know that he loves the club and I just hope that whoever comes in finds a way to keep Greg around. I agree, yep. Yeah. I, I personally, for, for my own opinion, I would prefer him not to get the manager's job, but I agree that I think he needs to be there, whether it's assistant or in a coaching capacity, if he's happy to stay on under the new person. But um, to me, I totally agree with Lee. I think he's good to stay. But personal opinion, I would not like him to have the job, in all honesty. What, what's your reason for that? I think there'll be better candidates out there. And I think, and you might want to come into this in a minute or two or not, so I don't apologise if I'm jumping the gun, but I think this time we need to advertise the job and advertise it properly. I think that is the main and key fundamental thing that we'll have to do to see what candidates are out there. And the reason I'm saying that is I do think that there, there probably will be better qualified people than Craig McDonald to take these side job. Yeah. And that's my opinion. I mean, from things that I've heard that they the quality of the experienced candidates that applied when Darren, the job came up with Darren, you know, there wasn't an awful lot. There were loads of people with good coaching credentials, but maybe not any real experienced managers. Um, we're now dropped down a division. I don't know how many experienced managers are actually out there. Really, Jim Weir. Um, do, you, do you want an experienced manager, Lee? Because... Generally speaking, and, and I know that the correct answer to that is yes, but generally speaking, if you're an experienced manager and you're available, you've either failed somewhere else or something's gone wrong somewhere along the line. Because in terms of where he's fight for that, we are not in any way attractive, obviously, to anyone who's currently in work and at a higher level. Um, so, and then if you're thinking from an experienced point of view, where do you go? You thought yeah. you were an experienced coach in the Lowland League, an experienced coach in the Junior League, because we, we wouldn't, particularly I wouldn't think, want to appoint anybody else from League 2 who's below us. And then you've got to think, well, what if you are a manager, what is the attraction of East Fife? And I don't mean that disrespectfully to our club. I just mean you're a League yeah. 2 team. And probably one of the better budgets in League 2, you would think. But other than that, I, I genuinely don't know. And And... I guess the default position, as you say, you want to go to experience, but if you took somebody, for example, Kenny Miller, and I'm not touting him for the job, but just as an example, somebody who you believe is quite keen to get into management, huge amount of experience, worked under top managers, played at the top level, you would think would be highly inspirational, has had a wee taste of management and done okay. Would you rather that or would you rather Ray McKenna? Yeah. Well, I've got some names written down, right? And... We'll not play yes or no because every time I try to do that, we end up spinning off into long, convoluted answers anyway. But I mean, there is a few names out there, right? And I suppose the first one, I'll tell you what, I'll come to each of you for one of them. I'll try and keep my mouth shut and and let you guys sort of keep it through, but we all know that that's not exactly my forte. But Doug, Kevin Smith is somebody that loves the club. He's spoken, I mean, countless times about his desire to, to be a manager and, and, and how much he wants to do that at East Fife. We've got a proven record 
of giving managers their, their first chance. If we look at Gary Naismith, if we look at Stevie Crawford, you know, we're, we're not afraid to, to, to offer a rookie a role. Would you take Kev? Oh, I mean, your heart says absolutely. I mean, he's a, he's a proper legend, you know. I probably would, but I would certainly need someone with him, I would think. I think if it was just Kevin Smith as manager with, say, Greg McDonald's assistant, I'd maybe worry slightly just in terms of it's a complete... I mean, that's a, it's a stab in the dark with Kev in terms of you don't know what he's like as a coach, really, because he's not really done it. it. It's a big leap just to go from a player straight in, you know. I, I don't know. As I say, I've, if he got appointed today, I'd be very excited at the first game because it's Kev, it's Kevin Smith, proper, you know. But I, I, I wouldn't automatically say yes, for sure. So here's the thing that I've got next to and see if this tickles your pickles, right? I don't think Kev's got his badges. So I don't think he could be unless there was a way that he could do it as he did the job sort of thing. So here's, yeah, we'll give it to War. Hashtag War for a manager, right? <laughs> so I have got a suggestion based on this. Gary Naismith and Kevin Smith as co-managers or Gary Naismith as Kev's assistant. What? Where's Greg McDonald fitting in? Um, as like <laughs> no. coach or director of football, anything to keep him there? To be honest, um, that's a pretty big question. So can I answer that on the Gary Naismith point first? Yeah. That's, um, initially when I thought about it, I thought Gary Naismith, no chance. Um, and then I thought about it and I thought, you know what? He actually came in at a time when we were obviously having one of the most embarrassing seasons in our history um, and ultimately we went down but he got us straight back up and he did a very very good job and as a result of that very very good job he then got a job in the championship um, with Queen of the South now did that he job at straight Queen's, back up? I pretty sure he did not well two, two seasons sorry I need to uh, I'm saying that Apologies. Yeah, it was, play, it was yeah. playoff then, then we won the league. Ah, that's right. First time. So apologies, yeah. So he got us up anyway, <laughs> eventually. Um, yeah. But as a result of, I guess, his, his good work, then that got him a move to the championship with Queen of the South. Now that, at the time, as it probably still would be now, if Queen of the South were in the championship, is a very tricky club to take because of the, the teams that were involved in that league. And I think he did relatively okay, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. Obviously, ultimately lost his job. Went to Edinburgh and was pretty harshly sacked. So when I thought about it, I thought, well, to come to your experience point, he kind of ticks that box. Um, and I think he's actually got an all right track record and he did pretty well for us. Um, so I wouldn't be... I think we could do worse than Gary Naismith, should we say. I don't think he would personally, and I don't know the guy, but I can't imagine he'd want to come in under Kevin Smith, do you think? Um Kevin Smith himself, I'd be up for that. Yeah, I think I think he'd be okay. I'd be quite happy with Kevin. I, th I think he's he's obviously quite an intelligent, articulate guy, very experienced, um, knows the club inside out. Um, and if it was a case of Kevin Smith with Gary Ray Smith or not at all, I'd probably go with it. Yeah. I think my my issue with I don't think Naismith would come under as assistant to Kevin Smith, but I think what 
he would maybe do as like an advisor role for you know a little while or whatnot. I I, I thought about it a lot with Naismith as well, and I I would definitely take Naismith back in terms of I think motivation. Play, young players looking up to someone, the way he speaks, the way he comes across. He played generally pretty good football with us, generally quite attacking. I think he'd do well with that team. And I think the players would really respond to him. And I'm I not think- saying that wouldn't be the case for Kev Smith at all, but I, as someone, I just always liked Gary Naismith. As I say, the way he talked, the way he came across, you felt like you had a proper manager. Yeah, and I think I think, and I, I'm just reading between the lines and things you've heard over the years. But I think he did quite a lot off the pitch as well, in terms of behind the scenes for the team, in terms of moving the club forward, obviously for the better. Um, not just in terms of the the players on the pitch, but player welfare and, and a, a whole load of stuff behind the scenes, which I think was really positive. Isn't it? Cool, that's fine. The hot name on the press, Scott Agnew. Obviously, recently been assistant manager at Wraith. Very, I'll chuck my two Pierre Faraghi. I think he would have us playing decent football. Obviously, he's a very good technical player, attacking player. I hold a grudge. And the way that he left the club, for me, really sullied his name. Um, And I would say that to him. Um, you know, told us that it was he wanted to be closer to his family and stuff, which what we expected. We expected them to go to like a Darvall or a, a team like that, you know. Um, and then ultimately he went and, and joined Airdrie, which there's you know, I, I think was very very disappointing. Um, so for me, um, you know, I wouldn't be against it. I think that he's, he's definitely got a wealthy experience. He knows what it takes to be a player at this level. I think he would be great at getting the best out of somebody like a Alex Ferguson or these sort of types of players or, or knowing how to get us playing the right style of football with the players that we've got. Because I do feel that we've got, you know, these youth boys aren't they taught to play football, they're taught to play the ball on the deck. I think I guess you're a man for that. Um, but I would I would need to be um, convinced that he's not going to start talking about his travelling again in six months' time. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the big difficulty with that is that um, I think it would instantly create a, create a division. You just have fans, some fans straight away who would think, "Well, this is how you say this exactly." If you said we he left for the, the publicised reasons and then pitched up at Wraith, which was just a complete contradiction to the reasons that he said he was going to go. So to do that, you will have people who have that feeling, and then in terms of creating a United club and everybody on the same foot and going forward, I think that would be very, very difficult from the off, and I don't know how you could, maybe, you'd absolutely have to hit the ground running and start winning games to, to get everybody's buy-in, and if, if you, I don't know, first three games, lose two and draw one, you're, you're going to have a pretty difficult ride ahead of you, I would think. Doug? I think I'm, I'm probably less bothered about how he left, because I think did he not end up going to Airdrie because he was getting a coaching role there? Yeah, potentially. Um, which, which, which at his age, you know, if he's wanting to go into management, which he clearly does, I kind of, I kind of get that. I, I didn't. I actually didn't have much of an issue with it. I think football fans at our level get way over the top with, you know, why certain players leave. You know, it happens but, all the time at lower. But league. you remember, we released him early from his contract, and we could have commanded a fee. 
to a club in our league, and he essentially went back on his word and signed for a, a, a rival. I know, but I'm just saying you don't know. What... And, and if we're talking about character, is that the sort of character that you want leading your team? No, but I'm just meaning you, you never know exactly what happened. It might have been that he's wanted to leave for this reason and then he's wanted to get into coaching. We've not been able to offer him a coaching-type role and he's taken up an opportunity elsewhere. As I say, at this level, it happens. that sort of stuff happens all the time. I would be, I would be slightly worried about him as a manager just in terms of it's the complete unknown, at least the complete unknown with Kevin Smith is he's Kevin Smith. So you'll get plenty of time. We've got to get this right. We've got to get this right because we're not we're not in a position to muck around here. And that's why, I mean, I was vocal on this about it before. The fact we never advertised last time was a joke, complete joke. We've got to advertise. And I know we say... We did, we did advertise it all. We never interviewed, sorry. Yeah. Which, again, is a bit weird. Um, so, try, just, so I'll, I'll flip it for you, right? Say if the rumours that there was no experienced candidates applied, Stevie Crawford's the most high-profile candidate in terms of experience that he's got, he's known to the club. Is there any point in wasting anybody's time by doing interviews? Um, well, I'm sure plenty of people have got jobs by extremely good interviews before the necessarily the right candidate, if you like. I don't know. I just think you've got to do everything available to you to find the right man. And as I say, this this appointment, after this could this sounds really dramatic. This appointment, if wrong, could finish East Fife Football Club. There you go. That's a bit bold, but um, well, if we get if we get relegated, we're finished. Well, we'd be finished, but well, we know. would be. In in the in the modern way, if we get relegated in a lone league, we're done. Because almost, you know, your your attendance will go down to about 120. You're, you'll you'll no get back up for a long, long, long time, as we're seeing with every club that's been relegated. So this is a huge appointment to get right. And it, and if it is taking a chance on someone like an Aggie, is that it's a risk. And and as I say, there's a risk with everything. So like right now, in my heart, hearts would be. If we can get Naismith as manager with Kev Smith as an assistant, I would take that right now. Okay. Next name I had on the list, and it's been mentioned on social media, Tony McMahon. Obviously, very established coach, experienced assistant manager, um, had a very good record when... He was caretaker manager for us any time Darren couldn't make it during the COVID season. I don't think he lost a game. But would you be opposed to seeing someone like, you know, I suppose it's very similar, maybe not to the same scale as when we appointed Billy Brown, you know, a serial assistant manager, but kept us up in that league. Um, what would be your thoughts on that? Well, I guess why not? <laughs> I mean, he obviously he knows football inside out. I think it's fair to say the story. He's a really good guy, really approachable. Um, yeah, I, I mean, from a motivational point of view, I, obviously I don't know. I've never been in a dressing room scenario with the guy. Um, uh, people will always hold certain things over coaches who maybe necessarily haven't played the game. 
Um, I would like to think at League Two level that shouldn't be an issue. Some people might, which would maybe be a negative, but in terms of his understanding and coaching ability from, from everything I gather, then, then there's no reason why not. But, and again, no disrespect to Tony, you've got to think, would Tony McMinn be better placed maybe than somebody who's been in the game, whether it's an assistant somewhere else or played it at a high level? And I'm asking that question. <laughs> you know, that's a, a point to consider. But, um, but I don't. I think again. I think we could do worse than Tony. Just so you know, I don't think he's got any interest in being a manager. But I'm just going through the list that people sent me on on Twitter. The, the next one, in fact, they'll give you three names because I, I do want to try and keep the show to around about an hour. But it was Kenny Miller, Stuart Ketterwell, and Charlie Adam. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Kettlewell's a strange one because he did all right at Ross County for maybe a season and a bit and then has not really... Has he been in football since? Not that I've seen. There's got to, there's got to be a reason for that, I would say, because it's been a while. Um, so I, I would go no there. I don't know why. Charlie Adam, definitely not. Um, I, the Miller one interests me, definitely. Like Andrew said earlier, played under a lot of good managers, kind of wants to get involved in that side of thing, you know, qualified. If we could afford him, I think it would be not a bad shout. But again, we don't know. The, the, the trouble with getting a manager at this level is every name we've banded about, apart from Gary Naismith, is completely untested, really. So, you know, you take that handful of five guys who've never managed and one or two will maybe do very well and three might do terribly. So it's so it's so difficult. But yeah, pass. That that would be mine. I would say Adam no, Kettlewell, maybe Miller, maybe yes. Why Adam no, but Miller yes? Because I think Miller's been involved in the coaching side of things. He's expressed a desire to be a manager. I think Adam's just only getting banded about because he's now gone... I'm a bit fat and shit and nobody wants to pay me to play football anymore. So I would be, I think that would be more a complete left field one for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that as well. I, I kind of get the vibe with, with Charlie Adam. It's, it's more about I'm looking for something to do, whereas Kenny Miller has proactively sought to get into management, I think, or is seeking from, from what you believe. He's, he's had a taste at Livingston and again, in that relatively short time, did pretty well. Um, took charge of Falkirk I think it was just for three games to be fair but probably when Falkirk were as bad as they've ever been I think it was a draw, a loss and a win he had in those three games um, the profiles there I think his wider football experience can only be a positive thing and I think from a, an inspirational come motivational point of view for, for that young group of guys I think that would be a, a pretty good shout I mean, some of the other names that I had but were just like never, ever, ever going to happen were like Kevin Smith and Paul Hartley and, you know, boys like this that just, it's not going to happen. Um, but very, very interesting. But obviously we'll see in the, the coming weeks what we, what's going to happen really. I mean, I personally would like whoever it's going to be in place for Sterling at home on Saturday. Um, but that would involve being really, really quick. But I mean, I'm sure that the club have had some some interesting candidates already. 
nine out of ten of those people on that list are unattached. So I'm pretty. I don't think it would be too difficult to to get some interviews in and um, and, and make that decision. But obviously, I, I don't anticipate it'll be this week. More likely, if it was going to be maybe towards the end of the week with. Um, you know, maybe the start of next, but I mean, I'm sure that the club um, were aware that, that Stevie was going and, and maybe started some of these proceedings anyway. And, and, and who knows, we might have, well, mind you, you've got Gary Naismith, Kevin Smith um, at the dinner tonight and the board will be there, so they could have a couple of contracts there, who knows? Um, I think, I'm sure Aggie I think will be there as well. I think whoever it is, um, probably on paper, apart from it being at home, is maybe the hardest game of the season so far because Stirling are flying at the moment. Yeah. Had a big win at Forfar on, on Saturday. Um so it's maybe maybe whoever is is going, yeah, I'll maybe take charge on next Sunday morning. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the manager might be quite keen to win as well. But, look, yes. yeah. <laughs> but it, it also you've got to think that they might want they might fancy that it depends on their character, right? You go, it's gonna be one of the toughest games of the season, old manager back for the first time since he left. You know, I'm pretty sure that that might get a lot of fit, right under that expression, football men's dick hard. You know, they get that real opportunity to go and, and sort of go, you know, guns blazing for it. Um, for I, me, I also, I would be getting, I, I'd be getting Tony in to at least help the team on Saturday because you'll know how Darren's going to set up. I also kind of hope, I kind of hope the fans give Young a decent reception. They won't, they're yeah. Neanderthals, but. Um, not all East Five fans may I add, uh, but you know what I mean. Because I, I think I think we forget how good a job Dan did over the piece, really. So hopefully I, he gets a, a warmish welcome. I agree, actually, and and I, and and wholeheartedly agree. And I think that we we kind of as fans got stuck in that sort of quagmire where we were really disappointed with how things were going, given how well we'd actually done, and then it's not until. You know, we've seen like the style of football under Crawford and the inability to attract players, etc. Um, that you actually went here, Darren did a lot better job than I actually think he's getting getting or got credit for. I mean, I think that we did try to back him as long as we possibly could, but ultimately in the end, it was probably just time to part ways. But I mean, apart from in the games against us, I, I wish him all the best and. You know, I, I hope that he does go on to, to achieve everything that he wants to achieve in the game, just not at the expense of his wife. But that's that's pretty much us, boys. I, I tried to keep it to an hour. And, uh, it's amazing what happens when you don't have that chatterbox. Uh, Gordon on the show, how taking over, um, how well we could keep it organised and tight. But And of course, Michael, any... Michael's North American football updates that are so important. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you know. You know, over here in Canada, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, in the locker room. But yeah, any final thoughts from you, Andrew? How was your 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 virginity losing experience on Glory Days ago? Wonderful. <laughs> no, uh, thanks. I like thanks to think I'm gentle. Well, definitely tender is the word tender. Uh, no, but thank you very much for letting me come on this evening. I've enjoyed it, so thank you. You're welcome, Doug. Um, You've got some big caddying news for the weekend? Well, not really. I'm, I'm caddying for Bill Murray in the Dunhill next week, which uh, if he's listening, you're going to be a complete pain in my ass for a whole week. Um, 
Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So if anyone's got any Ghostbusters merchandise uh, and wants me to try and get a signature, then don't give it to me because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna massage the guy's ego anymore and it's already gonna be there. I'll try and get him to do a vox pop for the show. That'd be quite funny. Yes. Hi, I'm Bill Murray, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Yes, please do that. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, and on I'll anybody else you see. Um, I'm, ho- I'm still hoping to go up on Sunday. I, I don't know, it'll be weather dependent whether I could be asked or not. Um, but no, that, that's that's pretty much all from us at, at Glory Days of Gold. Sorry that it's, it's taken so long to, to get this episode out to you. I think it'll probably be Tuesday, I think, by the time um, you guys are listening to this. But Thanks for sticking with us. Um, thanks for your patience in getting this episode out. Although all those people giving me angry messages asking where the effing pod was last week, um, you'll just have to dry your eyes. Unfortunately, we're we're very busy men these days with difficult schedules. But now that we've got war in our in our war chest, that's what we could call it, the war chest. That we could bring him out whenever Doug's funny about and can't make it, or whenever Doug Gordon's in Vienna, or Michael's off watching. Canadian the soccer. Rockies, um, the Rockies versus the something or else. Yeah. The Buccaneers or something like that. That's yeah, it. the swashbuckling pirates or some shit like that. But yes, um, thanks very much for coming to the show, Andrew. Thanks very much as always, Doug. I've been Lee Gillis. You can find me on social media if you want to. If you don't, then that's absolutely fine as well. And yeah, thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and more importantly, one in five. Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more